When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast today. Mary Kate Cabot, Scott Patsko and I offer three, uh, more than three actually, a few things that we all noticed uh, from Brown's OTAs, the three practices that we were able to watch. So that's coming up here on our Friday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Now if you're not a Football Insider subscriber, get on board before minicamp hits next week. Cleveland.com slash Brown's the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. You get a newsletter delivered to your inbox every day. You get access to exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Brown's and you can become one of our text subscribers. So again, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Get info, get signed up. All right, here we go. Our Friday edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Uh, Brown's OTAs, we're recording this on Thursday. They are holding their last OTA practice today. We saw our last of three open practices on Wednesday. Uh, They have mini camp next week. They will be all over the place. They'll be at their practice facility Tuesday, the Hall of Fame Wednesday, first Energy Stadium on Thursday, and then they will take a break uh, up until training camp starts at the end of July. So, I thought now would be a good time to take a look back at the three OTA practices we watched, uh, things we heard during, you know, after those practices, uh, everything just around it and kind of come up with some things that we think mattered. So Mary Kay, what's the first thing that kind of comes to mind when you think about the three practices we got to watch? Well, you know, I think it's the easiest and most obvious thing is that the fact that Deshaun Watson was actually there, that he participated (laughs) in all of the OTAs and that he was able to participate in all of the OTAs. I mean, he had to go back and forth to Houston to give depositions. Uh, He had to go back and forth to Houston to be interviewed on two different occasions by NFL investigators. Uh, So the fact that he was here for all of the OTAs, uh, I thought that was vitally important, especially if he is going to be suspended for, you know, the first, whatever, six to eight games or something, and then come back and try to play. I mean, they need to bank as many reps as they can right now. And I think that's why you saw him getting all of the first team reps and some of the second team reps, but there is starting to be some natural chemistry between him and Amari Cooper, him and Donovan Peoples Jones, him and Anthony Schwartz, David Bell, David Njoku. Uh, So I think that's the number one thing that stood out in my mind. Yeah, I had that at the top of my list too. And I, I, I termed it like Deshaun Watson shaking off the rust. And I, I wrote about that a little bit uh, on the website. Drew Petzing, the new quarterbacks coach, mentioned that. Like, you know, even if you're not someone who hasn't played since 2020, you still haven't played football in three or four months. So he he kind of lopped the other quarterbacks in with Deshaun. But clearly, Sean Watson had some more to shake off than, than most people. And yeah, like I say, it's important because you don't really know exactly – uh, if he's going to be your week one guy, um, he would have training camp no matter what, but who knows, um, who knows how long that can, that can carry you if you're gone for, for half a season or, you know, or even more. So him getting out there and, and kind of figuring out how to play with 
not just Amari Cooper, just all those receivers, you know, what they're used to, how they like to come out of cuts and how quickly they do that. And just all the little nuances of, of being a quarterback. Um, you know, this is really important for him to get out there and at least start that process and kind of see where it goes. I, I do think it, uh, you know, one of the interesting things is when we were out there uh, yesterday on Wednesday, we saw Josh Dobbs take reps in team drills. And that was the first time in the three practices that I saw Josh Dobbs actually take a team drill rep. He did some of the individual stuff and when they were doing walkthroughs, uh, you know, against air, he was out there. I thought it was interesting, Mary Kay, that Deshaun Watson was taking so many reps. Um, I, I think some people might have assumed that, you know, look, you got to get Jacoby Brissett as many reps as possible because maybe he's going to have to play seven or eight games or more uh, when the season starts. But they very clearly wanted to get Deshaun Watson. You know, what did Kevin say? There were 300 some reps during the, the offseason program. They wanted to get Deshaun Watson as many of those as possible. Yes, and they did. Uh, they really did bank a lot of those reps. And what will happen is once they know what the situation is with the NFL in terms of the suspension, then they will pivot from there and try to figure out how to divide it up so that they can get Deshaun ready for some of the season, if that's the case. Um, and then also get Jacoby Brissett really ready uh, to start the season, if that's the case. So uh, you know, we could see a completely different division of labor when we show up for training camp at the end of July. It'll be also interesting to see what they do in the uh, in the mini camp practices, even though they're not real long practices. So, uh, you know, they got the bulk of their work in and the, the mini camp is uh, it's not real labor intensive. It's, you know, team building. It's going and uh, getting acclimated to the stadium. It's going down and seeing the Pro Football Hall of Fame with only a half an hour practice down there. Uh, so this is not going to be, you know, where everybody's getting 80 reps of practice. So um, really the end of OTAs kind of meant the end of the, uh, you know, the bulk of the work. Uh, so, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do once they know. And I think they will know by the time training camp opens. And one of the thing m multiple people have mentioned, uh, multiple coaches have mentioned that this, this period right now, and even through mini camp is also about just finding out what Watson's comfortable doing, you know, uh, within the offense or things that they saw him do previously that, you know, they want to see if it's, if it's something that'll work with the Browns, if it's something that is actually a strength, did they, did they, uh, did they, when they were looking at that on a film, did it really come across the way that they're seeing it in, in live, things like that. So, and not obviously not with him, maybe with him just across the board, but he's your potentially your starting quarterback expected to be your starting quarterback. So this offense is supposed to go through some adapting, some pivoting. Those are words Stefanski used before. Um, now's the time to figure out what those adaptations and pivots are supposed to look like. So you can go into training camp, and you're, you know, kind of moving forward as a team and, you know, all right, this is what he does. Well, this is how we're going to end our offense. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, we saw some pistol formation, which is not something we really saw a lot with, with Baker. Um, you know, so, so that's probably one of those examples of things they ran in Houston, things Deshaun Watson is comfortable with maybe even going back to his Clemson days uh, that, that they want to, they want to install. All right, Scott, what, what do you think mattered from what we saw at OTAs? Man, I have, a, I, have a, I have a list of things. I don't want to like steal somebody. I I think, um, and again, I, we mentioned before how these practices are loosely termed practices. It's a lot of individual drills, and then when they do get together with as with team play, it's it's a lot. Of, it's 
it's like half a step up from a walkthrough in a lot of ways. Um, but I think getting a glimpse of how certain people are going to be used or might be used. Is one of the things, at least I think for us, people who are observing practice is important. You know, seeing Greg Newsom in the slot, um, kind of getting a handle on Anthony Schwartz versus David Bell, like who's going to who's going to be the third guy there, so to speak. You know, Jacob Phillips, middle linebacker, interior line defensive rotation, uh, Johnny Stanton among the tight ends, you know, <laughs> um, those things kind of give us a glimpse and give it, let us know like things we're going to follow going into training camp, because that's when things are really going to start um, solidifying. You're going to see them actually have uh, some live sessions. Um, you're going to see them practicing against another team. So uh, getting an idea of how that could shake out now, it seems like they're, you know, they're putting guys they'll tell us don't read into to reps or who's in front of the line and stuff like that. But I don't know, it's, it's our job. We're going to pay attention to that stuff. Um, so those kinds of things I think are what mattered, uh, at least from, from somebody watching it from the outside. Yeah. So one of those things that, that I noticed yesterday and John Johnson, I think actually even mentioned this when he spoke, We've talked about Greg Newsom playing in the slot, but yesterday was the first time when I noticed Denzel Ward played a little bit of nickel. So that's one of those things that uh, you you kind of notice um, when, when you're out there watching practice. And so Mary Kay, was, was there something? I mean, to me, I would I would kind of put a pin in that. Like, is Denzel Ward going to play some inside now more than maybe he did in the past? Is is, it, is there something that kind of stood out to you in, in those regards? Yeah, you know, I've been saying it. Uh, I've been saying that and writing that, that just because we're seeing Greg Newsom in there doesn't mean that he's the only guy that's going to be playing in the slot. This year is going to be a little bit different when it comes to uh, the vibe back there. And you're going to see a lot of different guys uh, covering the slot when the situation calls for it. Not only will Greg be in there, but again, Denzel will be in there. Uh any of the defensive backs and John Johnson talked about this yesterday about the safeties uh, playing as, as nickel backs, you know, Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit and, and, and probably, and maybe even him. So, um, so this is, it's going to be a slot by committee. And I think as the preseason and the season uh, gets underway, we'll have a little bit, bit of a better feel for how that's going to shake out. The death lineup is coming. I wrote about this uh, before last season, how uh, the Browns could have their own version, the way the Golden State Warriors had uh, had theirs in, in basketball. Um, you know, and I think JOK, I thought, would unlock that. If Denzel Ward is able, if, like they have multiple corners who can just like it's switching in basketball. You just it doesn't matter who has the ball. You just, you know, you switch on to that person. Uh, that's what that's what that would be like, just having anybody be able to play in the slot like that. The death what? lineup, man. <laughs> we, we had a texter suggest that maybe the Browns should bring back Romeo Cronell's uh, UFO defense. I think that was a Romeo mm -hmm. Cronell thing back who, who just retired. We talked a little bit about him on, on the Hey MK pod. Um, the UFO defense. What if they just don't play with any defensive tackles? What if they just throw a bunch of like ends out there and safeties and corners and mm -hmm. line miles up at safety? It's just... <laughs> Hey, you saw weird. them use three three edge defenders <laughs> uh, along with uh, uh, Malik Jackson last season multiple times. So yeah, yeah. Tag McKinley played inside a, a number of times. You know, Jadavian Clowney back as well. Okay, so I guess mine is I want to talk a little bit about attendance. I know, I know this is something we talk a lot about with the spring program, and um, you can make a big deal out of it if you want. You can kind of shrug it off if you want, but I do think like. Every time we were out there, there were 
I, I don't know if they're up to 90 on the roster, but there were close to probably 84, 85 players out there every time. Um, you know, Joel Batonio uh, wasn't there at all. He was the only, you know, he, he missed. I don't think we saw him at all. Jack Conklin. Conklin, I think, was at the golf outing, but he was not at any of the practices. Um, you know, Miles Garrett was in and out. Jadavian Clowney showed up and signed his contract, wasn't there. Uh, David and Joku did the same thing. But beyond really those five guys, it was pretty much everyone there. Even Jakeem Grant was there. Uh, you know, he missed a practice last week, but he was there yesterday. He didn't participate. He, he had a wrap on, on one of his legs. But, um, you know, even in that situation, he was there in the building. And I do think it, I do think it says something about this team's approach this year, Mary Kay, that there were that there were so many players in attendance and so many key important players, starting players that didn't need to be there, showed up and were there. Yeah, I thought that was vitally important. And I know uh, how important this was to Kevin Stefanski. He has verbalized to, to that to us numerous times how you know, this was the first time he had an offseason program where his offense was there. Uh, the defense spent a good chunk of the time there last year, but because of JC Treader last year, the offense didn't. And so with COVID and everything else, this was his first chance to really install a lot of the offense uh, in the off season. And it was vitally important. I do also think as we've gone along and we've heard Kevin Stefanski speak, uh, I think it is a major reason why JC Treader is not here. Uh, I, I think that it was so important for them to get these guys together and get them here for the off-season program, they did not want them following the leader like they did last year. So I think that, you know, that really hardline stance that he took uh, may have impacted uh, his, his future with the Browns. He could still be here right now. He is currently looking for another team, and who knows? Uh, you know, other teams may have been a little bit weary of, wary of uh, that happening to them. So... Um, you know, we'll have to see as time goes on, but I, you know, I think that was definitely a factor. Uh, the other thing is, you know, there are only 10 practices of OTAs leading up to it. It's mostly, you know, conditioning and, you know, some on-field work, just individual and, you know, offense over here and defense over there. But once OTAs hit, and this is the third and final week of OTAs, there are only 10 practices where you get to do 11 on 11s, offense versus defense. It's not pads. It's not contact. But you get to see, you know, Greg Newsom going up against Amari Cooper. You get to see David Bell trying his hand against Denzel Ward and Anthony Schwartz going up against, you know, Greedy Williams, whatever. So it's the first time uh, of the offseason that you actually get to see all of that. And you do pick up a lot of things and you do learn things about, you know, who's, who's got the who's got the speed, who's got the vision, who's got the, you know, whatever you need who can play in the nickel, who can't. Um, so I, I do think that attendance was so important this year. And I actually was a little bit surprised. Now, Jack Conklin is still rehabbing uh, his torn patella tendon, right. And I don't expect him to participate at all in, in minicamp. So that one was understandable. He's, he's probably even in the building working. Yeah. Like, like I said, he was, I think I spotted him at the yeah. golf outing. So he might be, he might be around. He just wasn't out of practice. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple days that we were there where miles wasn't there. And that was a little bit surprising um, because, you know, I feel like, I mean, he did a good job. He took these guys to South beach. He took the defensive, at least the big guys uh, down to South beach, but 
I think for us to show up a couple of times for open practices, I think it was the first and the third one, right? And have him not be there. I was a little surprised about that uh, because I do think that you, you want to set the tone and you want to do everything that you possibly can uh, to make sure that this season goes the way that you want it to go. So I, I would have thought that he would have been around for all 10 days and who knows, maybe he did eight of, you know, seven of them or something, you know, I, I don't really know for sure. But um, so, yeah, but for the most part, I thought it was great. And then Jadavian Clowney, after Jadavian Clowney signed his contract, you know, even Miles said, yeah, I think I'm going to try to get him up here. And then <laughs> he wasn't here this week. Um, I just feel like careers are short, 10 OTA practices that, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to just kind of show up and get the ball rolling. Even when Miles has been there, and I think this was the case when we did see him at OTAs, he doesn't, he's not participating in everything. Like, you know, the guys are kind of running through some drills and maybe sometimes he's kind of kneeled off to the side, kind of watching another position group. Uh, he, you know, he's just noticed that in training camp sometimes he's just seems to be on his own little schedule. So <laughs> I guess you get to that, that level as a player, um, that status on a franchise, you can have that. Yeah, it, it, you know, I think Miles is one of those guys that knows he just strikes me as someone who he has sort of his own plan. Like, this is how I'm going to approach the offseason. This is what I want to, you know, this is my workout plan. This is how I want to be ready for the season. Um, and it was, you know, I'm glad he at least showed up for, you know, a few of the practices and, and was there. And I, th I think just from a, the standpoint of, you know, look, these coaches are going to coach whoever's there. If the three of us suited up and went out on the practice field, they would coach us. But I, it is more beneficial for them to be coaching, you know, players who are actually going to be playing in September, who are going to impact wins and losses in September. It's, it's more meaningful time as opposed to coaching guys who, like just guys who are like bottom of the roster. We don't even know if they're going to make the initial 53. Um, you, you know, like I said, they're going to coach everybody up the same, but you, you just basically had 10 extra practices with guys who are, definitely going to affect winning and losing when, when these real games start. Yeah. And, and, and in addition to the fact that you're coaching up guys that are actually going to be in those spots, when you take the field for a game, there's so much bonding and mentorship that goes on during these OTAs. Uh, you get so much out of uh, Jadavian Clowney working with Alex, Wright And saying, no, you know, like here, here's what you can do with that move or try this or add this to your repertoire. Same thing with Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, let's take Perry on Winfrey under your wing a little bit and, you know, show him how to work or show him how to, how to do something. So, and you see that we we've seen that a ton with the other guys we've seen and we've heard Anthony Schwartz talk about how Deshaun Watson is working with him and saying, here's how, you know, here's what I would love to see you do on that route. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of that that happens and I don't know. I just feel like, if, you know, if guys like Deshaun and JJ three and Denzel can show up and be here, um, you know, it would be nice if you could get full attendance from your sort of, you know, so-called star players, they don't have to do everything. Uh, like Scott said, you know, take some reps off, you know, you want to stay healthy, but um, you know, just to be here, to have your presence here, to hear the, you know, the terminology, again, there's going to be a, a, a focus, a shift in focus on both sides of the ball schematically and you know start to start to get a feel for that too so we'll we'll see how it goes 
I, I will say there's there's some guys that I feel like sometimes just show up because they have nothing better to do. They're just <laughs> bored. They're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go to OTAs. <laughs> That's, there's there's a few guys that I think uh, maybe take that approach. But again, look, they're there. And now mandatory minicamp coming up uh, next week. Let's take a break. And then, Scott, I know you said you had like a, a list of things. I've got at least one other thing uh, that, that I can mention mm-hmm. as well. So we'll do that on the other side here. And back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. All right, Scott, uh, what, what else did you have on your list? I got two things. Uh, I'll just I'll go with one. And we've kind of, I don't know if we really touched on this, but I think I mentioned how for us, like seeing where some players are going to play, that matters. But I think for the franchise, just getting on the field, the fact that OTAs happened <laughs> and the focus is on football, especially for people in the front office, people on the coaching staff, uh, with all that's kind of swirling around the team with Watson and Baker, um, you know, there seemed to be an off-field storyline every week. We were out there. A lot of coaches and players had asked their questions, but that's just three days, right? The rest of the time, they're they're focused on football, and I think that's really what this franchise needs right now um, is just to to be able to do that and to, you know, there's a lot of other things they have to deal with, but for the players uh, and the coaches to just kind of dive into that over this, you know, almost a month here just be focused on that is probably good. So I think one of the things that mattered most is the fact that it happened. <laughs> and that, again, attendance kind of rolls into this. The fact that you had so many people there uh, taking part in it, but, um, but that's important. And there's probably going to be more change than there has been on this team. Like Mary Kay said uh, over the past couple of years. So yeah, just focusing on football, I think is, is something that mattered. Yeah, Scott, you're right. I mean, in terms of the changes, uh, you know, def- defensively, there will be, you know, some things that are tweaked, but offensively, I think it's going to be an overhaul, <laughs> right? I mean, it's an offensive overhaul uh, because there, there will be in, in they actually considered this to be a passing camp. That's the way they looked at it. It was a passing camp uh, because they are 100% upgrading their passing game and changing the focus and the philosophy with Deshaun Watson, supposedly. Uh, playing quarterback for them this season. So there will be uh, so much more, you know, like you said, you saw some, we saw some pistol out there. There'll be more three wides. There'll be just more passing in general. I think it'll be, you know, I don't want to say lopsided this year, but I I don't think it's going to be even Steven in terms of passing reps and and running reps during games. I think it's going to be pass heavy uh, I still think they're going to use the tight ends a lot. I think there'll be a lot of downfield. I think there'll be designed runs for, for Deshaun. I think they'll take advantage of his legs. But I mean, so to be here for that, I think is really important for everybody, especially on offense. Uh, I mean, I, I think it will be. I, I don't think it's going to be like Kansas City Chiefs level lopsided. But I, I do think there there's going to be times this season where it's like, oh, they really did throw the ball significantly more than they ran it. Now, at some point, you do have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And, and you know, you want to obviously use them and, and play to their strengths. But, uh, you know, I do think, listen, we talk about it all the time, right? This is a data-driven organization. And they've got Paul DePodesta and, and an analytics department sitting there working through this stuff. And passing the ball is just more efficient. And I, that, I think that's ultimately what they want to be. And when you bring in a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, just like you're going to play to Nick Chubb's strengths, Deshaun Watson touches the ball every single play. You got to play to his strengths too. Maybe easy to 
it'd be easy to improve on the amount of passing because they were so <laughs> low, especially when you know you just consider throwing to wide receivers. Stefanski's offense just is not set up to do a lot of that. So yeah, I, I expect them to to do the more of that, especially downfield passing, because Watson's been a lot more consistent than Baker had been uh, over his career, uh, connecting downfield and doing the kinds of routes that Stefanski, his offense kind of excelled at even in Minnesota uh, before Baker became part of it. So uh, that could be definitely something, you know, whether it's Amari Cooper or or David Bell or well, probably more like Anthony Schwartz, DPJ, or definitely David Njoku. Um taking advantage of those guys being able to get down the field. That could be something that, 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 uh, that shows up. And one of the first things we saw when we first walked into that, at first OTA practice was Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt on the field together in a formation. So <laughs> that's true. That as always will continue to be something people are looking for. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to bring up is um, I feel like we just watching these practices, listen, watching football practice can get a little bit boring. This is not a complaint. I'm just saying watching football practice can get a little bit boring and watching Kevin Stefanski practices sometimes can be really boring. I feel like we sort of know based on what this will be the third training camp coming up. Now we have a full off season program that we've watched. We sort of know how Kevin Stefanski likes to practice and Mary Kay, it just feels like he's very focused every day on what he wants to get done. I mean, they were doing a lot of third down, I think yesterday they were doing a lot of third and one, a lot of situational stuff. Um, I mean, this isn't, you know, Hugh Jackson always ran really physical practices. Freddie Kitchens had him in pads every day. And those practices were not super physical, but they were long, like exhausting practices. Mm-hmm. Kevin seems very focused on, on what he, you know, Mike Pettin's practices were really physical and competitive. Kevin is very focused on what he wants to do. And he's very focused on situations. It feels like, like he's going to put these guys through a lot of situational stuff. Yeah, he definitely does. That is very, very organized. It's very efficient. It's very upbeat. Um, that's sort of the Bill Belichick way of doing things as well. A lot, a lot, a lot of situational football. So that when you get into uh, these situations, you know exactly what you need to do. Uh, and everyone is playing smart football. Uh, that's one of the reasons why they hire smart players, because, you know, you have to be able to, to move that quickly, grasp things uh, that fast. And nobody really seems out of place. It looks like, uh, you know, guys are uh, the moment's not too big for some of the rookies. You know, I watched a little bit of Martin Emerson yesterday, some, you know, some of the younger guys and they, they seem to be fitting in David Bell. I thought David Bell had a really nice uh, OTAs. So um so yeah, I, it's, again, it's, it's very, um, very efficient and they did a really nice job with, um, with getting all the work in. And then I, I wonder if in that regard, they might actually do things a little bit differently in training camp because they got so much work in, in OTAs, you know, I mean, maybe they'll do, uh, they'll change up the schedule a little bit and, and lighten up on them a bit. And then, and the other thing real quick, I got to mention, I remember last year, I kept saying over and over and over, is there something wrong with these fields? Like, why is everybody ending <laughs> up with, do you guys remember me saying that yes, all the time? I was I like, do. yeah, I was like, is, is it the fields? You know, why is everybody pulling groins and pulling hamstrings? And <laughs> lo and behold, they redid all of the fields this year. So I, I just wonder if that, you know, if they didn't come to the conclusion that perhaps there was something that, that wasn't right. I think they're heated fields now too. Wow. I, th- I think well, that was they one can of the thank, things they did. 
they can thank me for that. The players can thank me for the heat. Of <laughs> Although I did see a couple of people slip. Uh, there was a line we went down and almost rolled up on Deshaun Watson oh. uh, yesterday. And then uh, Deshaun himself, uh, when he was kind of rearing back to throw during seven on sevens, his feet just went out. Uh, one of his feet went out from under him and he almost bit it. Um, but I, like, I only go back to like Hugh Jackson uh, with covering this team. But I, I do agree with Dan. There's a definite difference uh, between practices, I think uh, Stefanski is more focused on the results of the practice, whereas especially with Freddie, it was like practice was something you endured. You know, <laughs> it was made to however he felt you need to be prepared for the for the season. It was definitely like an endurance thing, um, standing out there in the heat. And I'm just standing there. I'm not in pads <laughs> and running around and getting hit. Uh, that was tough enough for me to do. But uh yeah, there is there is a definite difference, and and you have to think that uh, some of that could be embracing the the data driven stuff. Um, how to get the most out of this time? Is it getting everybody in pads and making really you know things really long, and even being uh, having a physical practice, or is it mostly kind of almost doing a walkthrough and making it more cerebral and 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 just kind of reinforcing the things that you showed them in in the classroom? So. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you kind of nailed it there, Scott. It does feel like, and again, this is OTAs, so there's there's a lot of rules that you know in training camp. Obviously, you can put on the pads, you can be more aggressive, but it just watching these practices and then also just the last two training camp practices. You know, I mean, Mike Pettin used to have the jersey competition at the end of every of every practice, and you know, Hugh had the siren periods, and Freddie's practices were always so competition focused it does feel like Kevin uses these practices as more of, you know, we're really going to rep things. And if that means when we go 11 on 11, it's going to be walkthrough or like 75%. That's what we're going to do. That's more important than we're going to line up offense versus defense. And we're going to compete for, you know, a 10 minute period. Yeah, And then I, I think the other thing that it's, it's important to note is that uh, even though everything's, you know, very efficient and very methodical and very situational, he's trying to keep it fun too. Uh, and that's been an, an important focus this off season and will continue to be through the mini camp. Uh, you know, he put the, uh, he put the basketball hoop out there, let them play knockout, uh, taking them to the pro football hall of fame there. And I'm sure there are other things that, that we haven't seen and that we don't know about, but the, there has been the point of emphasis has been that team building, that camaraderie. They're building some things inside the building uh, and doing some things. Remember, uh, John Johnson asked for, you know, yoga instructors and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there is a concerted effort to, uh, to lighten things up at the same time. All right. Did we have anything else? Uh, Mary Kay, did you have another one? You know, the only thing that I had uh, was, and this isn't just necessarily because of minicamp, but during minicamp, they sort of solidified the roster by signing Jadavian Clowney, uh, by extending David Njoku, and by signing Dearness Johnson. So they sort of tied up the loose ends of the roster uh, during, during these OTAs. And I thought it was kind of important to get those things done during OTAs so that, uh, you know, so that you knew what you had uh, during the six-week break. And um you know, so that I thought that was good. I mean, David Njoku was actually holding out of yeah. OTAs until he got his contract. So, you know, that mattered. You know, they got him in here and got him done. And that's important because he's the number one tight end this year. So just getting all those three guys in, I thought was important. 
It's it's actually funny you said that because that was one that I had in my head that I had forgotten about that like mm-hmm. they they got these loose ends done you know even Den, Denzel's extension came during OTA or at least during the offseason program I don't remember the exact timing of that but kind of getting all that stuff mm-hmm. you know, Andrew Barry is very order of operation mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. you you could just kind of sense it all right get through the draft now let's get these extensions done let's make sure we're all squared away from minicamp. And now we're not going to be spending next week figuring out like, Ooh, is David Njoku going to risk it and not show up or, you know, everything's even the Baker Mayfield thing is off the table. Now it's done. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not done, but the part of him not having to come to minicamp is done. Um, everything's just sort of settled right now. Yeah. Except for Deshaun Watson. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Give me a long time before that's fully settled. I think. That's, <laughs> that's, that's another podcast, which we've certainly done, done uh, plenty of. <laughs> Right. Uh, okay. So I think we're good uh, there. Mary Kay, you've got construction vehicles going on by going by your house. And do you, <laughs> yes, you've maybe got new fields being installed outside your house as we speak. <laughs> oh yeah. One of these days I'll be able to get back down my street, driving down my street and get into my driveway, but we have new sewers. We've got new roads, got a new apron. It's lovely. There you go. It's all <laughs> it's all worth it for the new apron. All oh. right. That'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and make sure you uh, sign up for Football Insider. Click the icon slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. For Mary Kay and Scott, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.